You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Huda Nation, and welcome to Locked On Saints, your team every day, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. Your host, Ross Jackson, here covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, like nobody else does it every single Monday through Friday. Lead analyst over at allsaintsconsidered.com. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC. And as always, welcome to our first time listeners, as well as to all of those of you who have been supporting me from the jump. Huda family, and welcome back to today's episode of Locked On Saints. The big news dropped this morning that Michael Thomas will be holding out of Saints camp until his new contract is complete. I'll tell you why it's not time to hit the panic button on this just yet. Then we'll take some questions from the Locked On Saints Facebook mailbag. We weren't able to go live again this week, but we are planning on it for next week. So if you want to be a part of that, facebook.com slash group slash Locked On Saints. And then we'll talk about the Saints newest signing. Does he have a shot at the roster? We'll cover all of that and a little bit of lanyard right here on today's episode of Locked On Saints, your team every day. So let's start off with the big news that took place at the top of the day, right at the beginning of the day. Many of you probably woke up to this, which would just just kind of nuts. But uh, if that's the way that your day started, I'm here to tell you that there's no reason to hit the panic button just yet. So Ian Rappaport tweeted out this morning that he and Mike Garofalo were both made aware that Michael Thomas has not arrived at the Saints facility. He's seeking his new deal and the two sides just aren't there yet. And until they get there, he plans to stay away. So essentially, Michael Thomas is going to be holding out from Saints training camp until his extension is done. Now, remember, just a few days ago, we talked about Charles Robertson's report from Yahoo uh, from Yahoo Sports, where he talked about how the two, the team and the player, Michael Thomas, were probably less than $2 million apart from one another, barring um, structure, guarantees, and incentives. Because remember, it's not just total money here that we're talking about. The Saints could pay him $20 million, but depending on the contract structure, they might not like the way that it looks. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But I want to first address, there are a lot of people that are saying that this is greedy by Michael Thomas, that this is stupid by Michael Thomas, or that this is something, you know, they're insulting Michael Thomas about this. But really, understand that this is a very specific uh, type of scenario, much like the Melvin Gordon scenario is specific because, as well as the Ezekiel running, I'm sorry, the Ezekiel running back, the Ezekiel Elliott uh, situation. Both of those are very specific as well because they deal with the ongoing running back issue that we've seen sort of come to a head over the last couple of years. It's a very specific type of situation. Same thing for Michael Thomas, who's negotiating a historic deal. He would become the highest paid wide receiver in NFL history. He would become the first wide receiver in NFL history to ever be paid $20 million or more. He essentially is setting a milestone contract here. And so with that being the case, this is not like a Yannick Ngakwe type of a situation where you're getting offered probably more money than most teams would be willing to offer you. And for whatever reason, you're saying no, which probably has to do with the fact that you might not want to be in Jacksonville. We don't know what that is, but this isn't the same as that, right? This isn't the same as holding out for no reason. So that's why I say don't hit the panic button on this. And that's going to be my mantra for the next couple of days, because this is probably going to go on for a little while until they get this ironed out. But I do believe that they will get this ironed out. This is really out of the ordinary for the Saints. They usually don't carry contract negotiations into training camp. If they feel like they're about to do that, they usually just wait until the end of the offseason so that they could focus down, or rather the end of the season, into the offseason, so they could focus down on just getting the contract done so it doesn't become a distraction while, you know, play, players are trying to train, players are trying to get ready for the, getting ready for the preseason, the regular season, or, the, or through the regular season. They try not to do any of that because it creates a distraction. They try to get this done as soon as possible, and I think that that's exactly what they're 
they're going to do with Michael Thomas because it's in their vested interest to get this done as soon as possible. And that's something we've talked about here on the podcast before is that the longer that the Saints wait, the more they're going to have to pay Michael Thomas to keep him in New Orleans. Uh, Julio Jones is working on a new deal. Uh, Amari Cooper is going to be up for a new contract after this year. For whatever reason, somehow or another, Tyreek Hill is probably going to be getting a new contract as well. And the more that those kind of sit around, the more that the Saints kind of sit around and that those other contracts complete, the more money they're going to have to pay Michael Thomas because every one of those contracts is going to be north of the $18.5 million that they've already offered to Michael Thomas. So if the difference here is $1.5 million in terms of total money, you do that because by the end of the by the end of the season or or going into the offseason, you're gonna have four wide receivers sitting there waiting to see what each one of them gets paid so that they could step up to the next level. And so if the Saints aren't the first one to get this done, they're gonna end up going into the 21, 22 million dollar range that they've already been trying to avoid. So if you can get this done and signed and finished at 20 million dollars, you get this done and signed and finished at 20 million dollars. Now I mentioned earlier that 20 million dollars that the total money isn't the only factor here. I was talking about structure guarantees, uh, incentives. What I mean by that is that, look, the Saints, let's be honest, the Saints can be pretty shifty about their contracts sometimes, and they're able to to, to work around their contracts to make it a little bit more team-friendly. And I do think that however the, the, the structure goes for the Saints and Michael Thomas, they're going to try to find a deal that's mutually beneficial between the two teams or between the two sides. But you do have to kind of be careful with Mickey Loomis. Like, look at Latavius, or not, uh, yeah, let's look at Latavius Murray's contract. He's guaranteed, or he's got $14.5 million on that contract over four years, but He's only guaranteed $7.2 million. So he's only guaranteed 50% of it and could walk out with that after just two years. Like they're just set him up essentially for it's a four-year contract, but there's an out after two years with only $1.7 million in dead cap. That's pennies in terms of dead cap with an organization that's used to carrying 36 35 And then you look at Nick Easton's contract, who's on a four-year $22.5 million contract, but only $4 million is guaranteed. Now this has a lot to do with his injury history, but only $4 million is guaranteed with a potential out after the first season, which would carry only $1.5 million. $2.5 million of his $4 million that he's guaranteed, he's going to get in his first year. This is essentially a one-year contract. Like You have to be a little bit aware as an agent and as a player about how these contracts are structured. So that's the other part about all this. How much is going to be guaranteed of the total $100 million five-year contract, potentially, that Michael Thomas would be getting at $20 million a year? Are you going 70% guaranteed? Are you going as low as 50% guaranteed? What is that going to be? There's a lot that they need to sort of figure out before somebody's going to be willing to put pen to paper for a five-year contract or a four-year contract. Even though it's historic in terms of total money, there's still some things that have to be ironed out. And I do think that they can get these things ironed out quickly. It's simply just everyone in everyone's best interest, including Michael Thomas's. I mean, you're talking about a guy that has the most receptions of any player in the NFL over his first three seasons, uh, one of only six players to ever go for over a thousand receiving yards in each of his first three seasons. He holds the number one and number two spot in most receptions in single season franchise history, and he holds the record for most receiving yards in franchise history. And he's also the only Saints wide receiver to ever be voted first team all pro as an actual wide receiver at his natural position. The only other first team all pro at the wide receiver position, quote unquote, for the Saints was back in 2002 with Michael Lewis, who was brought on as a return specialist. And he's been doing all of this while averaging getting paid 
I say only, for me, it would be huge. But for Michael Thomas, who's been one of the big superstars in the league over the last couple of years, $1.28 million. The dude deserves to be paid. He's looking for his bag. You can't be mad at him. And again, I think that they're going to figure all this out. It's going to come through quickly. It's in everyone's best interest to get this done and get this passed, both the team and the player. Get him out on training. Get him out on the practice field. Get him ready for training camp so he can get ready for the season. Although I don't expect we're going to see too much of him in training camp because there's 12 other wide receivers on the field to try to get work in and and that are going to be competing for spots. But regardless, I just don't think yet that it's time to hit the panic button on this at this moment. So clearly, we're going to be keeping up to date with everything going on with the Michael Thomas contract here on the Locked on Saints podcast. If this is your first time listening, make sure you subscribe. It's obviously a very exciting time for better or for worse here at the Locked on Saints podcast. So I appreciate you for coming through and hope that you stick around as we get through training camp preseason and into the regular season and hopefully watch the Saints make yet another Miami bound Super Bowl run. Coming up next, we're going to take a look at the Saints 90 man roster because they have finally filled it out. They signed their last player and filled the final spot before vets reported this morning. So we're going to talk about who that is and whether or not they have an actual shot at the roster and then we got some questions from the locked on saints facebook group got that coming up for you right here on locked on saints your team every day all right guys let's talk about sex good sex remember the days when you were always ready to go now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence that you need in bed listen up it's bluechew.com that's right it's blue like the color blue Blue bluechew brings you the first chewable with the same fda approved active ingredients as viagra and cialis so you know that they work you can take them anytime day or night or even on a full stomach and since they're chewable they work up to twice as fast as the pill so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants some extra function to enhance the performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. No in-person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And right now, we got a special offer just for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment for free when you use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. And just pay $5 in shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code locked on to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, and faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. All right, Houdet Nation, before we jump into our questions from the Locked on Saints Facebook group, got a quick piece of news for you as the Saints finally filled out their 90-man roster, signing their final player yesterday ahead of veterans reporting this morning. They did try out Deshaun Hand, former defensive back from the Seattle Seahawks as well as the Detroit Lions, but they didn't sign him. Instead, they brought in another presence in the, the defensive interior and defensive tackle Ziggy Hood. Now, Ziggy Hood is not Ziggy Anza, the same Ziggy Anza they were trying to sign earlier in the offseason, but he's still a viable player that they're bringing in. His real first name is Evander, Evander Ziggy Hood. He's been a 10-year veteran. He's played with the Pittsburgh Steelers, Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, the Chicago Bears. He's played in Washington as well as with the Miami Dolphins. He spent last year with both of those last two teams there. Um, His best season came back in 2012 with the Steelers. He had three sacks, 42 total tackles, four of which for a loss and a pair of fumble recoveries. But the thing about him is that he's a defensive tackle. He plays on the defensive interior recently, but he also has the ability to pop to the outside. And you imagine that that's one of the reasons why the Saints were intrigued enough by him to bring him in to training camp. He played the first few years of of his career with the Pittsburgh Steelers playing off the left end as an edge rusher. And then 
then moved to the inside once he started bouncing around teams. So he's predominantly played three tech and nose tackle most recently, but he's also spent some time sort of rushing off of that left side. He's a bit of a long shot to make the 53-man roster, if I'm being honest, but his flexibility is something that warrants a little bit of attention. And it's also very likely that, look, he's a 10-year veteran. He's somebody that's played off the edge as well as played in the interior. So he could be a little bit of a mentor for guys like Marcus Davenport, Porter Gustin, Corbin Calfusi, David Onyemata, Taylor Stallworth, the young guys that are in the locker room. And they have a lot of veteran presence around them still with Cam Jordan, Malcolm Brown, and Sylvester Williams all there. But it never hurts to really get these guys in here. He's 32 years old. He's played in 141 career games, playing in the first 96, which he was eligible, and has played over 5,000 snaps in the NFL. So he's definitely got some experience and he's got some knowledge to share with those guys. 14 total sacks in his career. Not super impressive. 235 combined tackles, 25 of which for a loss and 42 hits on the quarterback. Probably just the camp body, somebody that can come in, like I said, that can also be a little bit of a veteran presence, but good to see the Saints bringing in guys like this as they get closer to training camp. And here you go. This is how you can tell that football season's finally underway. Uh, something that just broke via Ian Rappaport at Rap Sheet on Twitter just a couple moments ago as I'm recording. The Saints are signing former Jets linebacker Josh Martin, uh, source said. The Columbia alum worked out for the team recently and arrived in time for camp. So that means that there's a corresponding move on the way. Uh, Ian Rappaport also mentioned that he was a starter last year before he was injured and Martin should play some defensive end for New Orleans as well. So he could be another presence in the competition for the edge rusher position. And um, there was another report that had come out about how he was also a good run stopper. It kind of sounds, I'll tell you what it sounds like. It sounds like the Manti Teo signing. I'm going to go back tonight and I'm going to watch some film on it. I'll talk a little bit more about him tomorrow. Uh, but just yeah, this is how it goes now. We're we're really within the mix of the season at this point to where, you know, I'm in the middle of recording and something breaks and I get to talk about it. So uh so there you go. So Josh Martin also with the Saints. We'll see exactly what happens in terms of a corresponding move. All right, so I should have enough time in this segment to get just a couple of questions from the Locked On Saints Facebook group, and then I'll jump into and wrap those up in the final segment. So let's start off with uh Joseph Zapata who says, How biased should I be about my fantasy football draft uh with drafting all Saints players? Love the show. Who dat? Thank you so much, Joseph. Uh who dat man. Thank you so much for listening. I think this is great. And I'm going to get somebody on here that's more of a fantasy expert at some point throughout training camp to get them to come on and talk about Saints uh, fantasy outlook. But for me, I think that you buy on Saints players. I mean, Alvin Kamara, especially if you have a PPR league, he's a first round pick for you. Uh, Michael Thomas is a solid wide receiver to have because he's 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 a volume guy. Not He's not a volume guy in that all of his stats are based on volume. But what other wide receivers does the Saints do the Saints really, really have? And so right now, he looks like a very viable option as somebody that would be another person that would be great for PPR. Um, Jared Cook would probably be the next in target, so he would be somebody good to look at. And then Drew Brees, you know, you're going to get a solid and efficient season from from him. He's probably not going to light up the scoreboard the entire way through in terms of fantasy points per game. But if you're looking for somebody, you know, depending on how late you take your quarterbacks, I take my quarterbacks pretty late. He's somebody that you could probably get your hands on pretty late unless you're playing with a bunch of other Saints fans and still be very sort of effective and efficient throughout the season. He, you're not going to lose a lot of points with him. He's not going to leave a lot of points on the table. He's going to get you what he gets you, basically. All right, let's get one more in here for this segment. Uh, this is from Norberto Andres, who asks, what offensive player or defensive player do you think will have the biggest impact this season? I'm going to say Alvin Kamara on the offense and on the defense, I'm going to go again with 
Demario Davis, I think. I, I'm really tempted on the defensive side to go with Cameron Jordan. He just got his new contract. He's spiced. He's like ready to get going. But the way that Demario Davis really set up this team for success last year as the communicator for the defense and sort of as the quarterback of the defense and making the plays that he made, he's somebody that I really believe in to take yet another step forward even now that he's even more comfortable in this system and running the system. So he's somebody I'm looking at over on the defensive side. And then on the offensive side, I got to go Alvin Kamara, not because he's, you know, the running back or anything. It's just simply that, look, his volume is going to be greater. I mean, again, we talked about his first four games and six touchdowns last season when Mark Ingram wasn't around. Now he's going to have essentially a full season of that to where he's going to be able to produce at a higher level and get higher volume. So he's somebody that I look at to make a big impact for the team. All right. So coming up next, I got a few more questions coming in from the Locked On Saints Facebook group. If you want to be a part of that, facebook.com slash group slash Locked On Saints. We're going to go live next week on Wednesday at noon central time. Make sure that you jump on for that. Otherwise, we'll continue to do questions throughout when I can't be live. So we got more questions coming up for you here on Locked On Saints, your team every day. All right, family, we are wrapping up now with some questions from the Locked on Saints Facebook group. Again, if you want to be a part of that, facebook.com slash group slash Locked on Saints. Just a reminder as well, we have our uh, giveaway going on over at my Twitter, at Ross Jackson ASC. You just follow at All Saints blog, retweet the tweet, and you can also drop a five-star review. Enters you in a chance to win a ticket to, or two tickets rather, to the big three playoffs on August 25th at the Smoothie King Center. So if you want to be a part of that, that's how you enter. And also, I want to do a quick shout out since we're talking about the Locked on Facebook group here. It's not always just football talk here. Sometimes we have a lot of fun, like we post pictures of you know our Saints memorabilia and everything and just having fun. But also, I want to give a quick shout out to Brandon Simmons, who wrote up a an ad read for the Locked On Blue, or rather for the Blue Chew podcast as an ad for the Locked On Saints podcast. So if you join the group, you'll be able to see that gold. Really, really funny. Love it. Shout out to you, Brandon. I love it. Because of course, you know, we do a lot of, we, you know, Blue Chew is a big time sponsor for us. We love them. And so we have a lot of live reads for them. And and so he wrote up one for the Blue Chew podcast to promote Locked on Saints. So I appreciate that. And that was really, really funny. So shout out to him. All right, let's go ahead and jump into the last few questions here that we have from the group. Uh, we're going to try to go through these pretty rapid fire because I've actually got a few of them here. So we're going to go here next to Kyle Schnetzer, who asks, any bold predictions on which game Drew will break the regular season to touchdown record and will he keep number one by the end of the season with Brady so close behind okay so uh right now Drew Brees is 19 touchdowns off of that record while Tom Brady is 22 behind the record is 539 Drew Brees sits at 520 Tom Brady at 517 so I really look at so 19 touchdowns if Drew Brees averages two touchdowns per game I think it's going to be the game after the bye week week 10 uh with the Falcons game and I think that that's also let me look at Kyle's comment here. Uh, I'd love to see it against the Falcons at home. Yeah, I think that that's exactly what it's going to be. Um, but I think it's going to be, uh, yeah, that, that's what makes the most sense to me. I mean, you know, that's assuming that he averages only two touchdowns per game. He might average two and then also get an extra one, let's say against a weak secondary, like, uh, like the Bucks, or, you know, maybe he gets a few against the Texans or whatever, but, uh, or several against the Cardinals, which is also very possible. And so there's the chance that he does it a little bit earlier and gets it before the bye week. But my prediction is probably at home against the Falcons or at home against the Cardinals. I'll say it that way, either the game before the bye week or the game after the bye week. And I think he can hold on to it after the season if he continues to do what he did last season. Neither Drew Brees nor Tom Brady are at a point in their career to where they're going to be throwing 50 touchdowns in a season, 40-something touchdowns in a season uh, from what we can see at this point. Um, And so I think that once Drew Brees is ahead in this, that he's going to stay ahead throughout. All right, so our next question is from Bob T. Baumeister, who asks, is it just me or have the Saints finally on a good roll drafting since 2016? Have there been any busts 
that I'm forgetting. And lastly, can I get a daily who dat? Of course you can get a daily who dat. Who dat family? Always to everybody. Uh, so let's talk about the Saints draft classes since 2016, whether or not there's been a bust around. So from my perspective, beyond 2016, well, first of all, from my perspective, the only way that you can really consider someone a bust is if you're talking about day one or day two picks. I have a lot of trouble talking about rounds four through seven as bust players, but there's one guy that I think you can contribute within this conversation, but let's look at some of the day one, day two guys. Sheldon Rankins, Michael Thomas, Von Bell. Uh, that's 2016. 2017 is Marshawn Lattimore, Ryan Ramchek, Marcus Williams, Alvin Kamara, Alex Anzalone, Trey Hendrickson. Then you've got 2018, Marcus Davenport, Traquan Smith. 2019, Eric McCoy. You would essentially have to go into the fourth round to really find a bust here. Maybe you could talk about Trey Hendrickson, but we haven't seen him in his third year yet. We haven't seen what he's learned over his first two seasons going in there. We know that he's a little bit of a liability against the run, but maybe that's what he focuses on in training camp. Maybe that's what he's been focusing on in the offseason. So it's hard to say that. But the one guy that I'll throw out there, because every person that I just listed is still on the team, which is kind of nuts, right? For one, two, three, four different draft classes. And you can even go back to day one of the 2015 draft and Andrew Pete is still on the roster. PJ Williams, who was in the second day, is still on the roster. St- uh, Stefan Anthony, Hale Kakaha, and Garrett Grayson, all not on the roster, but they tend to stick around. So when you look at how they've been on a roll draft in these last few years, I think the only person you could really maybe consider a bust, quote unquote, and again, I'm using that loosely, would be uh, 2018, last year's fourth round pick, Rick Leonard. I think is the only one that you can really talk about was that why did, why select him there? And then he didn't even end up on the roster in the first place and it just didn't work out. But that's more of a, more of a, high risk and then it didn't work out pick than it is an actual bust. So I don't really see a bust for the Saints since 2016 at all. They have absolutely been on a roll drafting. So shout out Jeff Ireland uh, for that, as well as uh, Terry Fontenot, who played a big role in those successful draft classes as well. All right. So I've got a about six questions here, so I actually have to kind of rapid fire in order to get through these. So let's go quick here. So Dustin Daigle asks, aside from Drew Brees, who do you think is the most important player in franchise history, thinking players only? Uh, Will Smith immediately jumps to mind just because the effect that he's had on the community. Rest in peace, of course. Uh, you can also talk about Archie Manning and Danny Abramowitz, who like helped actually bring an offense to the team. Uh, and then I, I would even go, if you want to go even further back, you could talk about John Gilliam, who brought in the 94-yard kickoff return, the very first touchdown in Saints history. They had that sort of five and one preseason and then they had the big kickoff return and there were a lot of hopes and then things just didn't go great from there uh but it's kind of hard to argue anybody but drew Brees coming in in 2006 and what he did for the franchise moving forward from there but i think there are some other players that you could throw out there if you wanted to go more recent as well you might be able to throw some people out but will smith danny abramowitz uh john gilliam like some of those are the names that come to mind steve gleason is somebody of course that comes to mind as well post katrina 2006 what he did and so i think that a lot of those are are, are, are huge uh uh, for the Saints and uh, and sort of where the franchise has gone recently. Uh, AJ Audette asks, thoughts on Ziggy Hood and potential plug and play for Sheldon Rankins while returning from injury? I wouldn't call him a plug and play. Uh, like I said, I think he's a little bit more of a um, of a, a sort of a veteran culture guy coming in throughout training camp. Michael Murray's dropped three questions here. He says, uh, which team in the NFC South is the most likely to challenge the Saints for the NFC South championship? M- mentions that the Falcons defense is injured. Even though this Falcons defense is looking sort of bleak uh, because of all these injuries. I still say the Falcons are probably the biggest threat to the Saints. They have sort of the most efficiently run offense aside from the Saints in the division and offense is essentially what's winning games now in in today's NFL. So I still go with the Falcons there. His next question, Drew Brees and Tom Brady are playing uh, for the same records. Who do you think will end up playing longer? I think this might be the last year for both of them, if I'm being honest with you. And ultimately, who wins the records race? Drew Brees essentially wins the records race because he's already pretty far ahead in things that Tom Brady's not going to catch up on in terms of all-time pass 
passing yardage completions and things like that Tom Brady's not going to get there so I give that to Drew Brees uh, but I think that they both probably actually end up calling it quits around the same time either this year or next and then Michael Murray's last question once the it looks like the injury bug is hitting uh, training camps what can be done to prevent it if anything is it just a case of players not arriving in playing shape or just bad luck some of it's luck some of it's luck I mean Look at what happened with Des Bryant. That was a combination of both of those things. It was just bad luck. And also he wasn't in playing shape, right? Because he was out of the league for most of the season and stuff. So I think it's a combination of both. And the only thing that really can be done with it is finding the way to pace that works for your team. Each player should have, will and does have sort of an individual sort of workout profile that is sort of customizable and works for them and what they need and what their bodies need. It's just tough early, early on in training camp to nail that down if you can't get the person on the field because they've gotten injured on the first day. And a final question here, Travis Andre Fredericks uh, mentions that, uh, look, with the starting O-line will probably be Armstead, Pete, McCoy, Warford, and Ramchek. Who do you think is the biggest possibility of landing a backup or rotational spot during training camp? My eyes are on guys that we've already seen before. Cameron Tom, I think Nick Easton wins one of those spots. Michael Ola probably wins one of those spots. I continue to shout out Ryan Groy because I think his versatility can be invaluable along the Saints offensive line. Uh, And those are kind of the guys that stick out the most. And then on the outside looking in, you've got guys like Will Clapp. Um, You've got uh, Ethan Greenidge, the uh, uh, undrafted free agent one of the undrafted free agents from this year as well and a couple of others but those are kind of the guys that sort of stick out the most to me Cameron Tom who we've seen before Ryan Groy who I really like and then you've got Nick Easton who they sign who's going to end up being a rotational guy I don't think he wins the starting center position over Eric McCoy um, and then Michael Ola who we've we've seen in the black and gold for a while now Woo! all right what a fun day here on the podcast man. thank you so much for all of the great questions we'll do it live next week and make sure you tune in tomorrow as we continue to keep you up to date with everything going on with training camp Michael Thomas so on and so forth Make sure you hit me up before tomorrow, too. If you have any of your favorite Saints moments throughout franchise history you want me to discuss for the Flashback Friday segment, happy to do that. Otherwise, I'll talk about one of mine, but I'd love to get one of yours involved. You can also call and leave a message with the Locked on Saints listener line, 504-229-4265, and hear yourself here on the podcast talking about your favorite moment, and then I'll just elaborate from my perspective as well. But as always, I want to say thank you so much for coming through. Once again, I am Ross Jackson. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the podcast, please be sure to subscribe. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. Thank you. Please stick around, hit that subscribe button, and make sure that you drop that five-star review as well, which will also enter you in that big three playoff ticket giveaway. Thank you so much for all your support and for helping me grow this family. This has been Locked on Saints, and trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.